0: and take a seat now. I want to simply add to what Drew has already said. Uh, This last fall, my wife was a member of a team of people from Bel Air who had the privilege of traveling to Medellin and uh, being at the seminary and being with you for 10 days or so. And uh, Susie came home with glowing stories of what a joyous and wonderful time they had and uh, how wonderful it was to be in fellowship with Elizabeth and with Don and the students and the staff in that place. So as you come to give us the message, let me just uh, ask the Lord to bless you as you bring his message to us. Shall we pray for a minute? Our Lord, we thank you so much for the way that you bind us together across all of the boundaries of our world. You unite us in Christ. We thank you this morning, Lord, for our sister Elizabeth. Give her your Holy Spirit. Speak to her and through her and to us, Lord. Make our hearts and minds receptive to the word you have for us. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning. As we were just invited to remember and saw that video showing the marvelous things the Lord has done in this church recently, it is very apt that we hear the invitation of Psalm 145 to praise our God, so join me in reading Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall loud your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud on your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all your, to all, excuse me, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all all generations. And I will stop here and read the rest further down. It is wonderful to think of the great events of Easter and yet probably most of our thoughts this past week were somewhere else. Probably a massacre of more than 140 students in Kenya probably of water rationing in California, racial tensions in South Carolina, Saudi raids in Yemen, and if you are Colombian, the deep corruption of our constitutional uh, high court. Or the announcement of the visit of Pope Francis at the beginning of next year in Colombia. What does nourish what we think about, what we meditate, what we ponder on? What does nourish our conversation? What does nourish what we pass on to one another? It seems to me that sometimes it is what makes the news. And what makes the news, according to the media, is quite different from what the psalmist talks about, and we will see that. But the psalm opens with a personal call uh, to exalt God regularly, every day, and permanently, forever. To to have the exalting and praising of God as a permanent, as a mark of our lives. Recognizing his supreme authority, uh, both in religious terms as God, and in terms of geopolitics as King of all. And it closes with a universal invitation to praise him eternally. So it moves from the personal to the global. And why does it do that? Verses 3. And up to where I read, tell us the foundation for that call. Because God is magnificent. Because we can never praise him enough. Because there are no boundaries to his greatness. And this magnificence, this greatness, is seen in his works, in his character, his dominion. In verses 4 and 6, five times his great works are mentioned. They reveal his power. Really interestingly, they are not mentioned one by one. Which great acts? Well, I'm tempted to think that the psalmist, uh, in this case David, is thinking the parting of the Red Sea, or the waters of the Jordan, the walls of Jericho falling down, Uh, his own protection and becoming a king, the vastness of his kingdom, his military victories, manna coming from heaven, water coming out of a rock. Uh, And so I'm tempted to think he's reflecting on that. He doesn't mention them, he only describes them as mighty, wonderful, awesome, and great. They are headline news or should be. And, and experiencing, remembering, reflecting on God's mighty acts, which are not mentioned yet in the psalm, uh, invites the individuals to meditate on them, to ponder, to reflect, to think and then to proclaim them. Now, if it is up to me, I'm more apt to talk about them and proclaim them than reflecting and meditating. Um, because I'm used to talking bots sometimes, you know. Uh, and, and it also calls for every generation to pass on this, no, the knowledge of these mighty dance, uh, mighty deeds to the next generation. commend them to the next generation. Now, in our fast-paced times, we seldom, I seldom, uh, take regular time to meditate on God's mighty works. And in our days of individualized, private religion, sometimes we don't dare tell others about them. And because we don't ponder, and we don't tell, and we don't reflect, uh, two days later, they are old news. Or sometimes, we tend to focus so much our attention, at least in the Colombian church, on how we can make God do mighty acts to favor us through our prayers, our fasting, our giving and then we proclaim the technique we employed. We write books, we design seminars on how to have God do what we need and what we want, and in the past, we make a name and a bit of money for ourselves uh, while passing our wisdom to future generations. But notice that the perspective of the song is so different it is not about our technique, it is about God's works, about his majesty. We are only the ones who are witnesses and and beneficiaries sometimes, but many times witnesses and who are called to reflect and praise him. And then The psalmist goes on and says, well, we should really, I I shall celebrate permanently, constantly, and everyone should do so because God's goodness is so abundant. His greatness is not only about power. His greatness is about goodness. His goodness. About his extending his compassion to all without discrimination to all his, that he has made, not only through Israel, not only to people at Bel Air or at the Biblical Seminary of Columbia, to all and all-inclusive goodness, and a righteousness that makes things right. That sheds light on what is wrong, and intervenes to make them right. Isn't that what last week was all about? God making things right. But then he goes on beyond that. He does that because he is a glorious king. And, and his words speak of his majesty, of his might, of his everlasting kingdom. See, God's works move people to proclaim his supreme and eternal dominion. His reign is not diminished by a massacre in Kenya. It's not obliterated but the dreadfulness of human trafficking. It is not done away with, but the turmoil each generation faces and struggles with. In other words, God is not voted out of office. But one is left with the question, so what are these mighty acts of God that are so awesome that they demand such a response? And as I mentioned, I have my selection of mighty acts that I would think David was thinking about. But let's read what the psalm says. And I'm starting in the second half of verse 13. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand Satisfying the desire of every living thing. For the Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them the Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Now, that is truly a letdown. These things that David calls mighty seem so insignificant. Sustaining those who cannot stand on their own Providing for the needs of his creatures, hearing the distressing cries of those who call upon him, protecting those who love him, dealing with the wicked. Well, what's so mighty and awesome and extraordinary about that? Isn't that what God is supposed to do if he's God? Caring for the weak and dependent do not look very magnificent. Now, they would, it would really look magnificent if God would intervene, empower them, make them independent, self-reliant, an example of success to inspire uh, their generation and future generations, so people would know what being powerful and self-reliant and independent looks like and successful. Now, that would be truly awesome. But this sustaining people and not making them strong, but sustaining them, making them dependent on him. those who are bowed down, those who cannot stand on their own, don't make them self-sufficient so they didn't, wouldn't need to depend on him? Do we call, call that mighty? It goes against the grain of our times. That doesn't make the news. But from God's perspective, his greatness, his righteousness, his sovereignty are not defined or measured by what we define as newsworthy acts of power and might. They are evident when a community of believers in rural Colombia, sustained by faith in him, refuses to be intimidated by armed people who threaten to take their lands or take their lives. And they don't fight. They just pray and God spares them. Or when a poor widow feeds her son and his college classmates, trusting that God will multiply the soup in her kettle Or when a sole survivor of a massacre in Colombia ends up ministering in prison and sharing the gospel to those who attacked him. Or when a church surrounds its campus to pray in one voice, declaring its trust and dependence upon the Lord. And looking down on a valley that desperately needs him and goes out and serves thousands of anonymous people. That doesn't make the news. He should make the news, but in the kingdom of God, in the newspapers in heaven, he sure makes the news. It is headlines news. It is reason for dancing and celebrating that the weak, the needy, those who love the Lord and trust in him in many different ways express their dependence and live because he lives and not on their own power and strength. See, this psalms invites us to recognize his daily presence and care in the midst of brokenness need weakness and even the presence of wickedness to live in expectation of his glorious and righteous judgment upon the wicked of which Easter is the first installment and in faithful celebration and proclamation of his works, his little, insignificant, mighty works, in celebration of his goodness and righteousness and in celebration of his kingdom. So it is my prayer that we can win our minds and our hearts from the notion that it is what makes the headlines in our news, in our media, that is truly mighty. And allow the Lord, who is near to those who fear him, who protects those who love him, who provides, who sustains. To be the object of our reflection and meditation, of our prayers and expectation, of our celebration and proclamation, that we may say, love the psalmist, Ask our prayer, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And as we speak his praise and tell others about his mighty acts and his awesome goodness and righteousness and of his dominion that is not diminished, not abolished by the presence of chaos and evil, Declare our desire and expectation that all flesh will bless His holy name forever and ever. Amen.